Welcome to the Chosen Weddings Podcast, a podcast for engaged couples in the Treasure Valley. Chosen Weddings was created to help couples find, book, and pay for their custom weddings online. And now, the founder of Chosen Weddings. Here is your host, Leah Alvarez. Thank you for joining us at the Chosen Weddings Podcast, the podcast for engaged couples. I'm super excited today, you guys, because we are going to be talking all things bar with Danica from Boise Bartenders. She has a mobile bar service, a ton of experience. She's super cute and she's really passionate about what she does. One of the first conversations I had with her, I was so impressed with um, how dedicated she is to her craft, and we're really excited for her to talk to us today about all things bar for your wedding. So without further ado, Danica, welcome. Can you... Hi. Uh, hi I'm so Thank glad you. you're here. Can you give us a little so info yeah, about your background and what you do? Yeah. Um, so... I mean, I grew up in the Boise area, kind of in the valley, um, and I went away for college, um, came back and graduated in Boise at Boise State, and Boise. kind of, right, go Broncos. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not supposed to say um, that. <laughs> um, and yeah, just throughout college, I was always a bartender. And there were just a couple of places I ended up working that I really found my my niche, like my passion. Um, so when I was done with college, I just kind of got this bold idea um, to start a bar. And <laughs> if I'm like, if you're aware, uh, like in Boise, it's it's really difficult to get your hands on a liquor license. So this was kind of my alternative approach to that so that I could still fulfill my passion and my craft and all the experimenting that comes with like being behind a bar um, uh, while still being able to charter some community service. That's amazing and super brave. We are so happy to have you. Um, I'm really excited about this episode because as you well know, drinks often make the party. So let's get started. We have some questions for you and I know you have some tips for us too. So the first thing that I want to talk to you about and ask you is how do you decide what type of bar to offer your guests if you're planning a wedding? There's a Beer and wine only, full bar, beer and wine, plus signature drinks. Yeah. What, tell, tell me from your perspective what you think about each of those options. Um, so first and foremost, I always, that's, that's kind of like, where do we start? That's the big question that everybody needs to get over, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and when you pull more people into the picture, um, you have to start collaborating. So a good place to start is like for me, I just talk with my clients, you know, and I'll ask a couple questions. Like I'll get to know what they want, um, what they want for their guests, um, if, whether or not they've already picked a venue. Um, and if so, if that venue will cooperate uh, with like their, their vision, like to its fullest extent. And if not, then that's where kind of 
these little modified styles to serve alcohol at your wedding have have picked up. Um, I do know specifically, like in 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 the Boise area, um, beer and wine is really really popular. Mm-hmm. Probably because it's been the most accessible. Um, but and I've seen some really really cute, like just absolutely amazing displays. Um, and and the display honestly is kind of what makes and completes the vision I think of that the reception which is a huge part of the wedding right yeah I think so too I think when you have a really beautiful display it can really tie your decor together it becomes something that people are talking about at your wedding and it's more than just a service it also is a decor and it can be a showpiece if you do it right yeah exactly it's an it's part of the experience yeah for your days um Cool. So what if obviously it's more expensive, the more you add, is that true in terms of what you're serving? Typically, yes. Um, So a good starting base would be serving beer and wine. But then again, it it also depends on the size of your wedding. And, And if you know, say, maybe Anthony and Kim are getting married and they have a party of 50 and they know that everyone there is going to drink. Um, versus, you know, Sally and Harry, who also have a wedding party of 50 guests. Um, but they know, you know, hey, some people are are not into drinking or I know this person's probably not going to have too much. So then you can kind of counter in, excuse me, count in um, servings as well. So. Right. Yeah. So how how much do you... I guess, how do you decide how much to buy? Is there a general rule? We kind of sometimes suggest one drink per person per hour, including coffee. Yeah, exactly. That's that's kind of the standard that I like to go by. It's worked out for me um, in all of the, the venues and weddings that I've served and mm-hmm. catered personally, um, and I've never had an issue. I usually end up having leftovers. Um, and uh, yeah. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> Leftovers. Do they get to take it home? <laughs> Is that allowed? Yeah. Sometimes, yeah. <laughs> I'm not allowed to fully disclose. Okay. We cannot confirm or deny. <laughs> we cannot confirm nor deny. It depends on if it is a public or a private venue. True, true. So what are um, the pros and cons of an open bar versus a cash bar? Where we're hosted or non-hosted? Yeah. Um, so with an open bar... I like to tell everyone here that there are maximum benefits with an open bar because not only um, do you have more options, you have more options for everyone. Mm-hmm. Um, and typically, at least my vision of a reception, like you want to have, you want to be able to have those options because it's going to accommodate all of your guests um, and it's going to make the night go really smooth. Mm-hmm. Um, so the main difference between an open bar and say a cash bar where your guests are coming in and, um, paying, paying per drink, um, it just takes a little bit of extra legwork, um, so that it's communicated. Um, and there's a really good way to go about communicating that. So it doesn't sound like to your guests that you're, you're putting them out, you know? 
Yeah. Cause if you really just don't have it in your budget. Um, exactly. But um, there's really, it. yeah, you always, you, it's always great to have the option. I think. Mm-hmm. Um, so how would you word that? Do you put it on the invitation? Do you like, how does that work? I've seen, I've seen invitation. I think that way is pretty straightforward and you can kind of, you can kind of put it in, word it in a way like, um, I've seen, hold on, bear with me for just a second. Sure. I'm so glad we're talking about this because this can be one of those awkward things where <laughs> you want people to be prepared if they're going to be paying for it, if they need to bring cash um, for tipping and um, stuff like that. I never carry cash, but if I know in advance, I will stop and get some if I need it. Yeah, exactly. Um, and that's that's kind of the message you're trying to convey. Um, so like I've seen it as simply stated, um, as like cash bar underneath like the the reception information uh, like cash bar provided or sometimes I'll see like complimentary cocktail hour and like cash bar provided Mm -hmm. um and that way it's just it's giving off more of a friendly like hey we are wanting to incorporate this but we you know might not exactly be able to one um work with our venue for that matter, or, you know, it could be an array of, it could be an array of, um, of reasons. Mm-hmm. Like maybe, maybe, you know, beer and wine is in your budget because you have, you know, $500 allotted towards this versus like an open bar, which is going to cost a decent amount more, probably reaching into like having your own separate budget for that bar right. and bar service. Yeah, absolutely. Um, what if self-service is allowed at your venue? Is it a good idea to save some money to just put out a couple bottles and some beer? Or do you think a bartender is always the best way to go? (laughs) And I know Um, that you're probably (laughs) so biased, but I mean, give it to me straight, Danica. What, (laughs) if you're that couple that's kind of on the edge, why should they choose a bartender versus self-service? Especially have someone there to monitor, whether it's a bartender or a caterer or the maid of honor's mom. Like, um, (laughs) you're always, I mean, it's, it's a wedding, it's a party, it's a celebration of so many things going on. And that tends to, um, ignite emotions in people and emotions in drinking. I think we all can agree are very unpredictable. <laughs> yes, we definitely um, agree on that. So more or less, it's kind of like having a babysitter at your wedding, but it's making sure that everyone is also in a safe space. That's true. That's true. And there always is that one guy or girl, but <laughs> in my experience, it's that one guy who's who starts, and he's usually part of the the groomsman. The bridal party. It, it's always without fail. Part of always. Party. Um, all day and they get to the reception and they let loose. Exactly. Sometimes a fist can fly. You never know. <laughs> yes. Sometimes, you know, dad might come over and be like, son, 
think you've had enough. <laughs> right. And you you never know how someone's going to react because if you know you've had a couple of drinks and someone's telling you what to do, um, it just takes someone also in a sober state of mind probably to kind of come along and step in and just kind of not make a mess of things. Yes. Yes. Always good to have that person. <laughs> Absolutely. Okay. So you've, you've convinced me at least have someone, but ideally a bartender. Um, ideally. So let's talk about signature drinks. Um, they're super yeah. popular right now and I've seen some really cute ones and I love when people have them illustrated. So there's a little drawing or a uh, picture of it at the bar yes. and it's, oh gosh. Do you help couples create those? Like I wouldn't even know where to begin creating a custom cocktail. Oh, absolutely. It's, it's my bread and butter, Leah. That is my favorite part of this job. Awesome. Designing cocktails is my jam. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So that's actually something uh, my team and I have been working on is having an office space so that it's it's um, fully licensed and permitted and insured. Um, and it's less of like a bar that people could, could come into off of the streets and just, you okay. know. Public, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's more of a private a tasting room. Um, so I love that. And it's so far it's proven to be amazing because you're in this space you have your clients who are super excited about you know planning their their party after their ceremony and the champagne toast cocktail hour all the speeches and then you get down to you know okay we can we can accommodate this specialty cocktail what does this specialty cocktail um what is this specialty cocktail going to say for us, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, so it could be, I've had people, I've had clients who have, you know, they're like, Oh, well, our theme is neutrals and a pink. So we want a pink cocktail, you know, Mm -hmm. and I've had the perspective of like, Oh, well, Terry loves gin and Bobby loves, you know, old fashioned. So sometimes it's, it's the couple's favorite. Sometimes there's Mima's punch, which is grandma's, <laughs> grandma's secret recipe. That's the punch bowl, you know, yeah. it's really fun to be able to kind of throw favorites and colors and flavors into, into the mix so that you create something that is just, you know, that flavor is going to remind you down the road, like, Oh, lavender lemonade. That was, that was our drink. And that could be a staple down the road, you know, your anniversary, you're going to go somewhere and you're going to want a lavender lemonade that reminds you and takes you right back to the, the first time you had it at your reception. I want a lavender lemonade right now. That sounds pretty good. <laughs> I'm um, always drinking lavender lemonade. <laughs> I'm actually drinking a lavender latte right now as we speak. Oh, Love the lavender. Can, can I ask where you got your lavender latte? Oh, I made it. <gasps> I'm yes. gonna have to. I'm gonna have to order one of those sometime. Yeah. So good. I'll put the recipe in the show notes. <laughs> okay. Cool. I love that. I love signature drinks and how awesome that you are able to help people come up with those. That's tough. I'm a wedding planner, but I've never been a bartender per se. So 
Um, how much of each type of alcohol is needed? Um, this is a question that I have been asked this season a few times. Um, I kind of tell people 20% liquor, 15% beer, 65% wine, summer weddings, mostly white wine, if you're going to go the wine route. But what do you see people ordering at weddings the most? How do you break that? Well, I kind of, I've noticed trends. Um, so like, for example, this, this last summer, there was a lot of white wine, but there was also a lot of scotch and there was a lot of vodka at at every wedding. And so I was like, okay, we're sometimes you notice a trend. People start light, Mm -hmm. light, light, and then they get a little heavier and they'll go to a spirit. And I think vodka, vodka, soda, whiskey, soda, like all of these lighter drinks that are not quite as strong or sugary or potent. They're still kind of, they're diluted, but they're still enjoyable. Mm -hmm. Those have been really popular. Um, But as like a rule of thumb, I think you, you definitely hit the nail on the head. You don't need to have, you never need to have more liquor than you do, you know, the lighter beer, wine, low ABV stuff. Um, And again, that's kind of something that's, worth bringing up when you're talking to your clients um to say hey you know again i just want to i want to read your crowd i want to read be able to read the room and like give people what they want um, right so that's not to say you can't, you can't change those ratios that's just a really safe go to when it comes to supplies mhm yeah you want to make sure you're covered and everybody's having what they want but you don't need to go overboard yes. maybe don't buy all the things just yeah and, and that's like even for a cash bar um it's really common to not f- supply a full bar like you don't need all of the, the aperitifs and the amaros um variety i usually just have you know a vodka a gin a tequila a rum all the lighter stuff mm-hmm. um and that usually serves its purpose yeah Ooh, you said amaros that's another thing that i love <laughs> but you don't need to uh, have it at your wedding but you don't I, need to but you can <laughs> yeah <laughs> um this is so fancy. Now I just want to talk about Amaro's, but I'm not going to. I uh, could talk to you till next Sunday about Amaro's. Okay, let's have a call after the call. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Awesome. So ice is a thing, Danica. Um, oh, ice is huge. Huge thing. If you're at a venue and it's just like an open outdoor venue, there's no ice machine. Who brings the ice? Where does it come from? How much ice should you plan for? Oh, if you have a bar service or bartenders that you've hired um, through a company, they should always be supplying your ice, especially if if you're asking or requesting for it or inquiring about like, hey, where does this come from? 100% every single time they should be supplying your ice, um, whether it's dialed into your your um, invoice with them or not, um, because that is the kind of the bread and butter of, of the bar, especially if um, not only just to chill things, like 
say you have a keg and you don't have a refrigeration system available, you're going to want to always keep everything chilled, um, especially during summer months. And yes. especially, especially if you don't have enough shade for everything. Mm-hmm. Um, because having those, um, I like to call them vulnerable, <laughs> having mm-hmm. those vulnerable spirits out um, can turn them really quickly, which spoils them and makes them undrinkable. Ooh, which mm-hmm. ones are those? Just like um, wine? So, or... Oh, wine is probably first and foremost the most volatile of, of the group, um, especially white wines. For whatever reason, they start to go sour really quick when they get warm. Um, so keeping them out of the shade, keeping them on ice or chilled is always going to be a priority, especially for, for my services and from my perspective. Um, and then whether or not you are serving canned and, and bottled beers, you're going to want to keep those on ice so that they're constantly and consistently mm-hmm. chilled throughout your reception. Um, kegged, uh, excuse me, kegged. I mean, you can have seltzers, you can have pretty much anything served in a keg these days. But beer, especially um, if it's kegged, you're going to want to have it chilled for at least 24 hours in advance as well. So that in case anything were to happen, be it that beer will stay cold since it's surrounded by this metal conductor. It'll stay a little bit colder longer than, say, the wine that's out on the table. Okay, that's good to know. Yeah. Yeah. So Danica, how many bartenders do I need for my wedding? If I have a hundred guests, let's just use that. It's a nice, easy number. Um, and I'm having a cocktail hour and then obviously bar service for the reception. Um, how many bartenders do you really need? I have read and I've seen, and I've been a part of um, so many different groups, I guess you could say, that, that that have different ideologies and different ways that they do things. Um, so my rule of thumb, just from the experience that I've gathered, is a, a pretty solid average is that every 50 guests you have, you want to have one bartender or one person that's kind of dedicated to them as a group. Okay. Um, whether it's you serving, you know, at a counter and there's two of you behind the bar, you know, it's not going to be like, Oh, last name, you know, a through F you're here. Um, it's mm-hmm. not quite like that, but just a good roundabout number is one bartender for every 50 guests. So your answer for a hundred guests was a cocktail hour. I would say you're safe with two bartenders. It never hurts. It never hurts to have more hands on deck to make things go as smooth as possible and as personalized as possible. Mm -hmm. Um, I've also seen, um, and we also provide at Boise Bartenders, if you want like a cocktail server, um, so your guests don't have to come up and get their own drinks constantly. Brilliant. Um, Because here's the thing that I um, really, really try to... uh, avoid having happen is cocktail hour starts right after ceremony. Everybody rushes to the bar. You have a yes. line of a hundred plus people and, and it doesn't quit for a very long time. No. Um, <laughs> so I think if you do, even if you just have one extra person for an hour, um, 
maybe yes. pre-pouring glasses of wine and taking them to the people in the line. So those people Absolutely. can get what they want and get out of line. Yes, yes. and then they can step out of line. You're right. Yes. Absolutely right. Cool. So let's talk logistics. How much time does it take to set up the bar? This is kind of probably variable, but... It's a little variable, but for the most part, um, I always arrive between an hour and a half and two hours before the ceremony. I like um, that because I want to. I want you know you are part of that that vendor group and that the wedding day planners, um, and it's helpful to arrive early so that you can get to know the the figure points that. Um, are kind of running the show, uh, introduce yourself, um, kind of just build yourself a little bit of a rapport with, with staff and whatnot and coordinators, and then um, gives you enough time to scope out. Um, every bar is different. Uh, so it gives you enough time to scope out, you know, where you can set things up. It's not always going to be the same um, distribution or setup you know behind the bar either so setting those things up preparing organizing kind of bringing it all together to 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 look well um and mesh with the rest of what's going on around you gives you plenty of time okay cool so I like that for a couple of reasons we are um always it's difficult if you set up during ceremony because sometimes it's close enough to where you can hear it. And we've exactly. had that, you know, people yes. try and do that before and it just makes it awkward. Um, stealing the moment. We never want to. Exactly. Do that. <laughs> yes. That's another good point um, that you bring up. I have definitely been that person, uh, not of, you know, my own volition. And I just start sweating immensely because I'm so nervous when people turn their head away from the ceremony because they're like what's that bracket over there yes nobody likes that but sometimes it does no. happen I think if you're a vendor that's never something that you plan for but exactly if, yeah no. I think that's never important intention put your bartender on your timeline if you are um, as you're creating it make sure you give them enough time to set up um, oh yes Make sure everybody is set up before ceremony, if possible. Yes, and, and make sure they're aware that it's important. Make sure the bartenders are aware that it's important, too. Yes. All right. So do I, if I am planning to do, um, you know, either way, have a bartender or self-service, do I need to rent specialty equipment for the bar? Is that something... Like that, that's kind of variable I've noticed as well. Um, so again, my perspective, if you're ordering bartenders, that's a little bit different than ordering like your entire bar service. Mm -hmm. um, so if you're ordering a bar service, um, you know, and you've put down a deposit, you've picked a package, you've ordered, you know, more or less your drinks that you're going to have served. Everything should be included in that package um, from start to finish, I believe. Um, mm -hmm. So whether it's, you know, you needing the coils for and, and the keg tap system for, for beer and wine, um, 
to having um, disposables like napkins and straws, garnishes, that should all be included in your bar service package. And if it's not, you need to raise an eyebrow and inquire about what's, what, what is included in your package because you also don't want to get to the very last minute and run out or not have something that's going to be vital in playing a role. Um, to having everything go smoothly. Yeah. What, um, what are things that people sometimes forget to provide? Um, Not bartenders, but like, let's say me, I'm sure myself, you know, a lot of times it's, it's the ice issue. (laughs) (laughs) Um, uh, and other times it's more like tools, like wine keys, bottle openers, like, Really simple tools, but very, very, very important in order to make, you know, speed up the process and keep things flowing. Mm-hmm. Um, well, which granted that should be on, that should be on every bartender, every bartender that shows up for a job, just, just like a server who should show up with an apron and, and their book to, mm-hmm. to write, take notes and stuff. Um, every bartender should be showing up with, um, the necessary tools, whether it's just a wanky or a, you know, um, shakers and strainers and stuff like that. Yeah. Those are things that I probably, I mean, obviously wanky, but the shakers, I'd probably forget that if I didn't have it written down. Yeah. Cool. I want to talk about an awkward topic. We kind of talked about it a little bit, but how do you handle a guest who has had enough like they don't need to be drinking anymore. What's a good way to stop serving them without making a scene? Like, how do you handle that? So typically at a wedding, um, if a bartender has to cut someone off, they are also going to be notifying someone in the family. Um, you know, usually it's, it's usually the bride's mother or father. Uh, brighter, bright or groom's mother or father, because um, typically that's going to be someone you, you've introduced yourself to, um, and that's a conversation you have as a bartender, bar service, bar consultant. Um, that's a conversation you have when you get there, and you say, you know, I'm reporting for duty. Um, you can go back and forth over, you know, your duties that you're going to be handling and like who, you're, who those points of contact are. Um, because also venues typically in their contracts, um, have something stated about like a bartender needing to provide insurance and like proof of like their training capabilities. Um, so that all gets verified when you show up. Um, and I make it, you know, a point of conversation, you know, I'm going to do my best to keep an eye on your guests and take care of them. Um, typically we do about a drink per guest per hour. Um, if you see anyone getting out of hand, please let me know and I can help you. Um, and I will do the same. Like if I find anyone for any reason that I think needs to be cut off, I will notify you, um, so that the situation hopefully doesn't escalate. And when you get to that point of, you know, collaborating, okay, this person's getting cut off. Um, it can get tricky because you have to kind it helps to know the person and like how they act usually when they drink um or you know if you 
if someone's noticed like they're just acting out of character, usually it does not at weddings. It does not get to the point where someone steals the show and makes a big scene. Right. Um, usually all that happens in movies. <laughs> um, but typically it just, it's just a conversation that goes, sir, ma'am, you know, you've been up here. I know you've had quite a few drinks. You know, I try to remember what people are drinking so I can be like, you've had plenty of Cab Sob tonight, Kathy. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I think we need to, you know, I think you need to have some water, have a seat and, and collect yourself. And if that doesn't work, then it, it can get to the point where you, you're contacting, you know, the host and saying, I'm calling this person a ride because they're, they're about to get out of hand. Yeah. Um, it's always good to be ahead of that. <laughs> yes. And it is never, I do not recommend ever taking someone's keys from them while they're drunk. Um, <laughs> uh, more times than, than likely, that is just going to aggravate a person. Um, so that's when it just comes, it gets to the point where like, like myself, um, I don't find it a liability to order someone a cab or a ride, especially, especially at a wedding. Um, typically someone's going to help the bartender take care of that. Yeah. Yeah. I've seen it. I think people are all pretty aware now and nobody wants to put their friend or loved one in a dangerous situation. So they'll chip in and help too. I've seen it more, you know what, this is one thing that isn't something we had planned to talk about today, but I think is important too. Um, Do you recommend having a last call or just, and like announcing it or just shutting it down at the appointed time? Um, I used to be of the last call camp and now um, we just got some really angry people last winning season a couple of times. And I think it would have been better to just shut down the bar without mentioning it. And because then you get those yeah. last people that ran over and they were really upset. They wanted one Honestly, more yeah. I have never really had to do a last call. What I like to do... Um, is again with a D like I'll I'll usually have a conversation with the DJ or a host, whoever is kind of governing the microphone and announcements messages. Um, And I'll say, you know, just a reminder, if you could work that in that, you know, the guests have about an hour left of bar service um, or like the, or that the reception would be ending at 10 PM. Um, It's, if that's what your services have been booked for, that's kind of a responsibility of yours to say, you know, our, our contract ends at 10 p.m. I know some people want to go further, but I'm leaving that up to, you know, the the bridal party yeah. at that point, something like that. Yeah, that's that's good. I think giving them an hour notice is so much better than like a 10-minute notice. <laughs> hey, everybody, get your drinks in while you can. Yeah, go ahead and slam that wine. <laughs> but then it gets it could get to that awkward point, you know, because what if, you know, you, you gave the last call and you haven't worked through everybody. It makes people very anxious. It I, does. I've noticed, um, which is understandable, especially if they've been drinking mm-hmm. the entire time. Um, they're in this, you know, this state of enlightenment and they don't want it to end. And here, here comes, you know, someone bringing it to a crashing halt. 
(laughs) (laughs) I think subtle is always better than like, "Uh, uh, okay, everybody, (laughs) time to go, wrap it up. Oh, I know. I hate being that person. Um, So that's, that is good advice. This has been awesome. Go ahead. Go ahead. Okay. I will say that I've also had plenty of conversations with folks um, after, you know, that, that initial closing times. Um, I usually give it about 30 minutes after closing time. And if people are still coming up to order drinks, that's when I'll instill the conversation. And by then it's usually maybe two or three people and it's a lot easier to deal with. Oh yeah, that would be definitely. So, so many things to think about when you're playing your bar. (laughs) It's fun though. This is the fun part. I think when you get to this point in your planning, it's just embrace this. It is fun. It's really just picking and choosing what, what works best and fits best with you. Um, which makes for a unique experience for everybody involved. Yeah. We don't get to talk about this enough. I'm so glad we're able to jump into it today and give our listeners some great things to think about as they plan their wedding bar service. Um, If you guys are listening and you are looking for a bartender, Danica is amazing. As you can tell, she knows so much about not just... um, the logistics of serving, but just about the craft of creating beautiful cocktails um, as well. Highly recommend her. Um, So check her out, Boise Bartenders. And if you have any questions about any of today's topics or you want any further information about anything that we've discussed, uh, send us a message. You can comment on our Instagram or Facebook. And we'll also have all these, um, these answers to all these questions on our blog. So check it out at chosenweddings.com. Danica, thank you. Thank you so much. Um, we yes, hope that- thanks again for having me, Mia. Absolutely. Um, we will be talking soon. Maybe we'll do another um, bar episode because I can already think of more questions that we want to get answered to. So there's always more questions <laughs> and I would love to. So you just let me know when. Great. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening. And don't forget to subscribe to this podcast wherever you get your podcasts. This has been a Chosen Weddings podcast production, editing by me, your host, and music by Austin Criddle.